the Georgia But you like me better Backed up in the corner I don't wanna go there But every time we fight It feels like keeping my head on my water You're talking to me like you got any power And welcome to Uncovered Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Bowers. And as always, I'm with my boys. Brian Bradley, a.k.a. your girl's favorite light skin, a.k.a. I wasn't too impressed with that song. Wow. First of all, I'm very hurt about that. <laughs> that's that's kind of cold. Uh, it was cold. I'm Andre Bradley. And today we are joined by a very special guest. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up? This is a Stephen Russell. Uh former teammate of Caleb Bowers. How's it going? Not bad. I can't really complain. How about you up in GR? Loving life, man. Trying to get used to this whole COVID thing. But yeah. other than that, can't complain. So still, uh, so are you working still or, uh, you know, what's going on there? Yeah, actually, I went back to work today for the first time. Um, business has been kind of closed for like five weeks now mm-hmm. um but yeah we're starting back up just not letting any customers in so nice trying to do the best we can you know still operating your uh, print shop right yeah yeah yep awesome, helping dude. artists grow their business so yeah definitely going to try to get some business your way uh after covid's over for sure shameless plug in there um for everyone that's tuning in today though we have a topic and we're going to be talking about and i should preface this first our a large portion of our fans and our listeners are in the UK and currently the UK is um, bringing up awareness for their mental health awareness week. So for us, it's something that we wanted to talk about on this podcast already from the get go. And we really wanted to try to find the right person for it and, and just, just approach a topic that really sometimes is, or I guess actually maybe now, it's being talked about more in a more healthy fashion, which I really like. But um, real quick, Esteban is super, super positive. I know this from personal experience. And everywhere he goes, man, lights up the room. And you can't be ha- you, you can't not be happy around him. You know, if he's on your team, you can't share that passion that he brings to the team. And, like, I think that someone like that, there's so much to speak for their personality, right? Am I right here, boys? Yeah, you're right. Right. And, and yeah. However, at the same time, it's not an unknown fact that dealing with a battle of mental health can also bring, you know, the dark sides of people and, you know, the sides of people don't want to approach. However, I think, and this, you correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Esteban, but my personal experience with you, I think that you have come out a much stronger person and a much more empowered person out of your battle with your mental health. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you put it the right way. I mean, mental health, you know, you can't ever be prepared for it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I grew up without any symptoms of it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't even aware of it growing up. Um, You know, I've talked to more and more people about it and a lot of them say they got, signs or or things starting to happen to them when they were younger um and mine didn't really kick in until about uh 21 22 years old and it just kind of hit me like a train and it was uh it was definitely scary at first i wasn't really aware of it or knew what to do with it i just kind of knew what was happening to me and 
uh, reached out to some close friends um, that kind of helped me get a grasp of what I was dealing with, um, which really helped. Um, and and basically just went from there and took it step by step and, and really just tried to <laughs> take it day by day and, and figure out what kind of mental health issues I would have a day or, or not any of that day and, and try to grasp it from there. So, um, it, it's, it's just funny because like you put it, um, you know, I, I pride myself on trying to see the light and see mm-hmm. the most optimistic, uh, things in the world. And, you know, my dad raised me to care about everyone and everything mm-hmm. like that. And, um, to pair that with something like anxiety and, and mild depression, it, it, it's, it's been, um, been tough, but, uh, you know, they always say you can't have the light without the dark. And so it's, it's definitely made me more aware of just like the simple pleasures in life and being able to do, um, just simple things that, uh, give me joy and, and kind of help calm me down from whatever I'm going through on that day. Yeah. Would you consider footy to be one of those things? Oh, definitely. Anything, anything, uh, exercise related, Mm -hmm. uh, or, um, anything to do with competition, it kind of, as you know, I mean, once you kind of step on a field or a course or whatever your sport is, or even just like the gym floor, mm-hmm. um, your mind is so set on that activity that you're doing that it kind of takes you away from everything else in life. And and I feel like that's why I engulfed myself with golf and soccer and everything like that, because it was a nice um, distraction from my you know, everyday thoughts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. so like after you reached out to your friends and you started taking those initial steps to, you know, really discover what was at the root of everything and, and figure out how you were going to move forward in it. And I guess, would you say defeat it? Is that, is that the proper way to say it? Truthfully, I would say no, just because I don't, I don't think it's it's something that can ever be defeated because mm-hmm. it is some it comes from the subconscious, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want that to sound like discouraging because um, it can be very empowering when you, you know, overcome the little ticks when you overcome the little moments that you like in the past you used to freak out about, mm-hmm. um, but now you can kind of settle yourself, breathe through it, and get through it. But I mean, my incidences and panic attacks and all that other stuff have definitely gone down over the years and Mm -hmm. that's just due to working hard at it but that doesn't mean that like from time to time i'll get in an environment that i'm you know won't get anxious in but i now have the tools to combat those um feelings and emotions in that moment and i feel a lot more prepared when that happens to you know fight against it and and be able to to stand because I mean, to be, to be frank with you guys, I mean, there was a point a couple of years back where I couldn't even go to a movie theater. Cause I would just, I don't know what it was, but I just felt trapped in a movie theater. And I, you know, went to a movie one day and sat there for 10 minutes and I had to get out. I was mm-hmm. like sweaty palms. Couldn't even focus on the movie was just so, so freaking out that I just walked out and, you know, now I'm able to go to movies fine and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it, it it's just weird. It, it doesn't, there's no, rhyme or reason up to why it yeah. comes on or or what happens but um it I, is definitely something that to, you can you can build up tolerance and 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 work towards being able to cope with a lot easier yeah and i think that like one thing and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think that one thing that's a positive out of you really not knowing which exact situation it is that's going to you know cause something 
once you get a hold and like a grasp on how you need to manage the situation, it really empowers you to start working and dealing with so much more adversity in your life. Because I know from a, and this is a little bit uh, different of an experience for sure, but I grew up when I was really young until about the age of, I would say maybe 10 having seizures. And I know that like through the years, you know, I had to learn how to like, you know, start seeing the signs before they were coming or before they actually happened. And so I know that I started figuring out little itty bitty situations where I just knew that that was like a very high stimulant for me. And I still always wanted to do it because mine were asthma induced. So I, I still wanted to play soccer and everything. And I just knew that if I really wanted to do this, like I had to find some way to, to be able to cope with that. And it has made my life so much different in terms of health because I'm so much more aware of my body than I think people that haven't gone through that are. Because the simple fact is, is that not many people, a lot of people do. Most people don't have to actually deal with the, the threat of that being a a possibility just to enjoy something that they want to do. And I think that in, you know, with your, uh, your comment about the movie theater, it's some, it relates to, it's a task or not a task. It's a, it's an event that you really love doing and that you've done a million times, but it's just that one time and now you have to learn and now you have to adapt. And so, you know, how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of like facing your fears type of mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just trusting yourself in those situations and, and like I said, you know, it, and like you said, also, <laughs> um, it's like baby steps and you just kind of, kind of test the waters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, once you kind of get a little bit more confident and, you know, a, a prime example of that is I've flown all my life. I've gone places with my parents with my family, with friends and flying was not a big deal to me. Um, and then when I started getting anxiety, it wasn't that it was like a major deal, but it, I noticed it more. I noticed sitting in my seat was a little bit more uncomfortable um you know i kept asking how long the the uh the trip was to to figure out what i could distract myself with during that time Mm -hmm. um and finally uh my sister um side note moved out to massachusetts and my brother-in-law wanted to surprise her with me coming and visiting and it was only a thing where i could go and i wasn't gonna let me be on a plane by myself interrupt you know, the joy that I could bring my sister by um, surprising her. And so I just woke up that morning. I was like, you're going to do it. Well, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to let this experience, um, you know, disrupt what joy could come. And so, yeah. you know, I took a two hour bus ride to Detroit airport, um, got on the plane and it made it there and made it back. And now, you know, I have no trouble with planes anymore and I'm more than fine with going by myself if I need to and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. The things that can be affected, you know, mm-hmm. I know, I know kids, like some of my friends, they've been traveling by themselves since they were like six years old, you yeah. know, and they're fine with it. And so it's just, it's kind of crazy what it affects, but I definitely agree with you that, you know, challenging yourself a little bit and just trusting yourself and trusting your, your mind and that you're able to overcome those negative thoughts and, mm-hmm. and get yourself more comfortable. And, and like you said, just basically, trust your body, trust your mind and, and be able to, to grow through that process and become a better version of yourself. Yeah. And and with that, it's like, trust that your experience with that tops 
you know, the experience of people that have never, like that have never witnessed that themselves. Like you have to always remember that you're the only person that knows exactly which way it is that, that you can, that you can change the situation that you can really alter the scenario to come out on the, on the top side. You're the only one that really can do that for yourself. That's like how I've always felt about that. No. Yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. Um, it's, you know, my, my major thing I've learned with, with anxiety and everything like that is that it's a, it's a very isolating feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a very isolating event that you go through. Um, and you know, when I first got it, I was really hesitant to tell people because, you know, you feel like there's something wrong with you and you feel like, um, you shouldn't be going this way. This isn't normal. And all of those negative thoughts come in your head. And, um, you know, I'm, I am fortunate to have a very close relationship with a lot of my family members. And I kind of open up to them first, mm -hmm. besides those few initial friends. Um, and a lot of my family members have struggled with it or currently struggle with it. Um, and the more I talk to people, the more I opened up, the more I realized majority of the people around me in some way or another suffer from some type of anxiety. Um, and, and so it's comical it, 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 in the way that it makes you feel isolated. But when you open up about it, you learn that, you know, a lot of people are going through some type of struggle with anxiety on a daily basis, just like you. And so basically what I'm getting to that is if anyone out there that's listening that you know, has a new symptom of anxiety or has had it for a while and has just been afraid to tell anyone, speak up because, yeah, it mm -hmm. can get really, really scary by yourself trying to figure this out. And it can get really, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not afraid to say that I've had suicidal thoughts come into my mind. Like, I'm not afraid to let people know that I've, I've had depression that bad. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just little moments. And the only way I can describe it is it's almost like two thoughts in my mind. I have the negative thought that's like, hey, you know, you're not worth it. And then I have like my actual mind that's like saying, no, like I am, I don't know where this is coming from. And, you know, it's a battle I, I face every day, but, you know, realizing that there's so many other people that have, are going through that and can relate and can talk to you about it and just feel better talking about it and the struggle that you go through on a daily basis just makes it so much easier. And mm -hmm. you don't feel isolated. You don't feel like an outlier. You don't feel like, an outsider or someone that um, can't fit in. Uh, and, and that's what's, that's what's, you know, I think important for people to remember Like it's okay to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and like you said, when you started the, when we started this, you know, we're got, we're getting to a point that it's, I, I hate to say it, but it's almost a normality for people to have some type of anxiety, mm -hmm. but that's also, you have to look at the environment that we live in nowadays. Right. I mean, it's fast paced, so many options, so many things, so many decisions you have to make, you know, so many things you have to be afraid of, all this other stuff. It basically, you know, I feel like it's almost going to be something that people <laughs> are born with, you know, <laughs> in a few years, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that's kind of what, um, like my biggest thing, my takeaway from this is, you know. Yeah, 100%. Brian, did you, uh, do you want to say something? Yeah, I had a question for you and uh, Esteban. Both of you kind of touched on like coping mechanisms um i just want basically my question is uh like how do you find those coping mechanisms is it just by trial trial and error or you just keep pushing and just hope it works eventually uh Caleb, do you want me to go or yeah i think maybe you should go because 
Yeah, you go, and then I'll I'll touch on a little bit more light. Okay. <clears throat> um. So the first thing that like I think a person has to be self aware of when they have mental health issues is how it can affect the rest of your life if you're not careful. And so what I mean by that is when I was going through my heaviest moments of anxiety and depression, um, I basically didn't focus on the rest of my life. Uh, it's not that I let it completely fall apart, but you know, I wasn't cleaning my room. I wasn't working out as much as I should. I wasn't applying myself at my job as much. Um, I wasn't trying to figure out how I could play soccer or golf with people. I was just basically going through the motions. Uh, and, and that's where, that's where you can get yourself into really bad trouble because you will find yourself being able to think more about it, um, which can be going down a rabbit hole. And so what I, through talking with people, found is, you know, set just little goals for yourself. And mine was to get back in the gym and work out, you know, being an athlete all my life. It was weird for me not to be working out or doing some type of physical activity. And, you know, I'd go like a couple of weeks without even doing anything. And that was major to me. And so I just kind of looked myself in the mirror and was like, listen, you're going to sit down and come up with a with a plan uh, to fit in working out, um, whether it's a half an hour a day or an hour and a half, whatever you can do, you're going to apply yourself to that. And, and once I kind of got into that habit, you know, not only the chemical release in your mind can bring happiness, but also just the self-accomplishment of committing to something and sticking to it you know, it, it kind of bled over into my work and it kind of bled over okay. into my relationships with my families and stuff like that. Um, so in terms of that, I would say setting little goals and just like really, they can be as small as you want it to be, but just completing goals, completing tasks, making yourself like applaud yourself, basically do things that you can applaud yourself at and make yourself feel good. And then secondly, I'd really look into um, just breathing techniques, just uh, and the ability to calm yourself when you need to and be able to kind of self-center yourself when your mind's kind of racing. I, those two things have really helped change my way of, of coping with, with any um, anxiety attacks or anything like that that have come. Okay. And then for like you meeting those setting and meeting those goals, uh, did you ever see yourself like stray away from focusing on those? And if you did, how did you get back on track? Um, I mean, I think everyone has strayed away from a goal from time to time. Um, and, and the biggest thing about setting goals, especially if they're going to be a little bit bigger goals, is just being respectful and honest with yourself. So, I mean, like, say I, I work out for three weeks in a row and, and stick to my goal and then I have a bad week and take it off. Okay. Then next week, it's not I'm going to yell at myself for taking that week off. It's just realizing, hey, you know, last week wasn't the best week. Let's just try to get back onto it and, and get back focused. Okay. So, you know, I think it's just and it's it's tough in this world too. you know, seeing everyone and seeing what they're doing and what their accomplishments are that I feel like us as a world and as a as people can just be so hard on ourselves sometimes. And it's like, that's good. You want to strive for greatness and things like that but you also have to be able to understand that it's not a sprint like it's going to take time whatever you're wanting to put in and so you know if you take a day off or two of whatever you're trying to accomplish it's not going to be the end unless if you decide that 
you know, you've given up and then that's the end. No, just get back, focus up again and, and keep going. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it's something that it's, it's net. We're human. We're flawed. It's, right. it's natural. Um, but as long as you get back to, to what you were trying to accomplish, that's the main thing. And like, I think for, for my response to your question, Brian, it's, in that situation that I previously that I previously explained about the seizures, right? That's that's a little bit a little bit different. Actually, it's a lot of bit different. Yeah, true. because there is these you know there's these very focused breathing patterns and these breathing exercises that you that you are taught right by like a medical professional, and those can be relayed into you know dealing with mental health. However, on the other side of it. There's also the fact is kind of like I mentioned earlier is not anyone like no one in the world can understand the actual feeling that you had in that moment. And you won't probably have that same exact feeling again. So because every single every single episode is different. So for me, it was always physically being aware of like literally the, the tingling in my fingers, like whether or not certain areas of my body, like the hair was starting to stand up. Like it was these really, really small cues that most people don't think about. But when you have, you know, episode after episode, because mine are really bad and really repetitive. So when you have those, then all of a sudden you start to, you know, it's just like, it's essentially the trial and error. You just start realizing what's happening before it goes down. And then you can start to, you know, okay, I need to get, cool water on my neck i need to get out of the sun i need to get closer to, to a person like if i'm like further away further away from someone i need to get closer to them so they can help me if necessary so you know it's it's starting to find those little cues but you know i think maybe something that's more on topic with what we're talking about today is it's kind of how uh esteban said and it was you know we are really hard on ourselves and I 100%, 150% am extremely hard on myself. Yeah, like, I say I'm hard on myself as well. Yeah, I, I really am. And, like, it's sometimes to my fault. And I have been in places in past years where I've been like, what in that, like, <laughs> for the sake of no other better word, what in the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? I, I can't get out of this. Like, why did I, well, this is the biggest mistake. I'll never recover from this. And I, and like, it was a very, it wasn't like something that really was chronic to me and something that continues to, to come up in my life. But it was a, it was an extended period of time in which I really had to address the situation and sit down with myself, not with anyone else, like with myself in my room, I'll never forget this day. And I just thought, I was like, why am I doing this? Like I have so many more years of my life. I have so many more opportunities in my life. What I did affected no one except for myself. What I did will never affect anyone except for myself. Cause it was, it was literally just me mentally. And I was really on track. Like there was, I wasn't doing anything crazy wrong. Like I just felt like I just had this standard to myself and I was holding it way, way too high. And I felt like I couldn't achieve it. So like, you know, it was like chasing my own tail. You know, and so for me, the coping mechanism was just work really hard. 
<laughs> just work really hard and you can't tell yourself that you're not working hard enough. You know, like right. if I know that I'm doing the most that I can possibly do and that I'm trying to be as innovative as possible and as creative as possible, I can demand nothing else from myself. And if I'm, you know, doing well at cherishing the relationships that I have currently and, you know, any of the ones that I've ever maybe left unopened, trying to rebuild those and, you know, really, really, really rebuild the support net around me, then what, what do I have to be mad about? What do I have to be upset about? I am doing what I can do. And so for me, it was mental health. Well, the approach was I needed to come to terms with myself is the best way that I can like say it because I was really not understanding how much I was capable of at that exact moment. I feel like I should be conquering the world every day. I wake up, you know, it's like, this is completely unrealistic. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like we said, you know, twice now it's baby steps, little, little moves every day. You know, it's like uh, Mia was saying in the, in the podcast, tiny wins, wins, dude. It's those little (laughs) tiny wins every couple days. You know, you're like, Oh, okay. That's a sweet goal. I got it. But now it's okay. Write the next one. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that's that's my my coping mechanism. And obviously, I play an unreasonable amount of soccer, <laughs> so yeah. so you know that definitely helps a little bit. And sports for me, just like uh, just like Esteban is, it's huge. I mean, it, it's a pivotal part of my life. It always has been, and so for me, it's it's a huge aspect of just kind of getting that little release out, and then you know getting back to the grind and, and going right. what I do. But yes, yeah, so that's that's a long an, a long winded answer to yeah. your question, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> What do you think about social media and the effect it has on people's mental health? Um, I think it has good and bad effects on people's mental health. Like, um, just seeing, especially with Twitter, there's a lot of drama and people just posting whatever they want to see. And some people, that's all they will see on their timeline. So that will have like a negative effect on them. But also if you're not looking down that rabbit hole or whatever on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media may be. There's always that good stuff that can give you positive mm-hmm. outlook on life and why people are using social media to get a message across. But I think overall social media has a positive effect on everyone in the world, but sometimes the bad stuff overshadows that. But I would say the good outweighs the bad, especially on social media. There's a lot more positive influencers and influences out there. I would say on that matter, and I don't know if I've talked to you about this, uh, Esteban, or not, but I know that for sure. Talked to Joe about it because he was he was telling me, he was like, oh, I'm going to delete all my accounts. You know, I just really need to reset. And obviously my job is as a digital manager, like always on social media, right? So I have always approached social media from one standpoint. I use it for what I want to get out of it. And that's it. Right. I don't go to social media for what I want to do next. I don't go to it to compare to what I just did. Unless it's like literally metrics, like metrics results for my clients. That's it. But I go on my personal media and I don't follow a bunch of random accounts. I don't, you know, like any of the, like, you know, Barcelona and stuff like that. Like <laughs> they're funny. I, I will say they send me right. some funny memes sometimes <laughs> like from, from you guys, but, um, but I don't follow them. I go on there to see what my friends are doing. Everyone on that friends list. I know on a personal level, I go and I see what they're doing and that's it. 
And if they want to see what I'm doing, that's cool. But like, I use social media as a platform just to, just to keep up, like just to keep up on what people are doing. Cause sometimes you do disconnect, you know, the world gets busy. All like, right. and that is the positive out, output of it. However, I think that there is a stark amount of people in this world who use it for the other side of that. Whereas I use social media to not only try to build myself, which I think trying to build yourself off of the image of anyone other than yourself or your biggest role models, right? Like the most positive role models you have is is at least a recipe for disaster. But there's a lot of people that go on there, they do that, and then they start comparing themselves to the social norms and don't even get me started about social norms and how unnormal they are. Um, but you, you see what I'm saying? So using yeah, media sense. for what you what it was originally intended for, which is connecting people and keeping them connected will forever make social media a benefit to the world. Using media for the you know, I guess misconstrued version that has now presented itself in terms of, you know, essentially just a big, a big e-marketplace that will, that will lead you to, you know, further complications in many different areas of your life, like outside of mental health as well, physical health too. So, yeah. So probably just sum that up and say, we can just use social media as, as what you need and then just get off basically like connect with people and then do your work or something and then just get off. I mean, you can do that, but you can also use it if you want the other way and just look at the most random things possible. But you, if you're going to do that, it has to be a conscious decision to look at that as purely just like a viewpoint, not like not an image that you need to follow. You see what I'm saying? Like if you really want to go and waste your time looking at the most random things, like sure. So be it. it's your time, but at the same time, you have to be a realistic mind, like realistically minded person and understand that most of the things that you're seeing are unrealistic. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Russell? What's your <laughs> viewpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys touched on a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, the first thing I would say is kind of what Caleb said. And it's, you know, the, the, the greatest thing about social media is that it connects so many different people from so many different backgrounds and so many different, you know, classes in terms of, you know, we're seeing a more human version of celebrities and athletes and things like that. And I think that's so awesome. We're able to see kind of how they operate day to day and mm-hmm. how their mind works and stuff like that. Um, and that's awesome. And, and like you said, Caleb, it's a conscious decision between uh, who you decide to follow, who you decide not to follow, what you decide to look at, and right. what you decide not to look at. I just think people need to be aware of when on social media to look at it with a filter and look at it with a, with what the face value of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a prime example, I would say is if, you know, Caleb and I have known each other a while and we do follow each other on Instagram and um, he knows that I'm pretty open about um, my mental health and everything like that. But I was just thinking, you know, if I didn't make those posts about my mental health and the things I've gone through and the things I've overcome, and just had the post um, aside from those, I don't think anyone would really know about the things I've gone through and, you know, the fights I've had with my mind. And, right. and that's what people need to realize is, you know, you can look at someone's Instagram, you can look at someone's Facebook and their life might seem perfect, but it could be completely different aside from what's online. 
And so, you know, it, it can be great to check up on your close friends, on your families and things like that. Because like Caleb said, you know, we don't have the time to be checking in with 50, 60, 70, 80 people a day. Not right? possible. But it's a nice thing to see little milestones in people's lives. But don't look don't look up to people that are trying to use it as um, something to show off or something mm-hmm. to boast about. Um, because... You never know, one, what they had to do to get whatever that is, whether it's a vacation, exactly. what what not. You know, they could have worked, you know, a month straight of 65-hour day uh, weeks just to save up enough for that vacation, but it looks like the, it just effortlessly came to them. Right. You have no idea what they've gone through um, or what they didn't go through to, to get what you're, you know, jealous of or wanting. Um, and so, it, you know, I think Caleb put it best in, in saying that, all all you should be doing is try to be the best version of yourself. You can look up to people and things that they admire, like their character, how they um, go about solving problems or how they handle situations or things like that. That's great. But don't look up for people for their materialistic or mm-hmm. the way um, their social media uh, shows them um, to be because you never really know what the full situation is. And to uh, to go back, actually, on what you were saying about the athletes being more open and us seeing uh, the full them, I think it's huge with, like, Michael Phelps and, oh, what is the dude's name? Basketball lads, Andre and Brian, Cleveland. Kevin Ke- Love. Yep, Kevin Love. They're perfect. There we go. Um, <laughs> and Kevin Love, like, they just went out, and it was, like, seriously, people were like, oh, my God, why are they doing this? And I was like, for me, I was like, why would they not do this? Like, this is this right. is long overdue. Like, long, long overdue. And then next thing you know, you start seeing these trends, and then the EPL has players that are doing it, and you're like, okay. This is the movement that we've been waiting to see for, what, you know, 10, 15 years. Like, I think that it's so amazing that now everyone is comfortable just just telling the truth. Like, is that really, like, that is that. That's what it comes down to is just telling the truth and not putting right. up a facade and being open and, and with that openness also trying to help other people. And by that, I mean, there's power in numbers, right? It's a statement that we've heard a million times growing up. There's power in numbers and there is power in being one as well with those numbers. And, you know, I think the more that we know about, you know, mental health and the more we learn about how the people, even at the highest of levels are affected by it, it brings it to a ground where it's like, okay, like I'm not, it's not like this juju anymore, you know, like it's something that needs to be addressed. And it's something that that's extremely important for every human in the world. Like it's a global process. Yeah. And I think like something to go off of that is, you know, when we look at celebrities and we we look at these star athletes that have conquered greatness, we almost think of them Mm -hmm. as above human as that they, you know, it was just a, a straight ascendant to that position. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's more times than not far from that, you know. And yeah. I think that's what's awesome about social media is we do see the honest truth, like you said, of, you know, someone like a star athlete having anxiety or having depression and they're still getting to where they are today. You know, I feel like so many times, especially, um, you know, younger people that have struggled with anxiety, they think, oh, well, this is it. You know, I've, I, I have this mental health issue you know i'm not you know i can't get out of it no you can like it's, it's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people deal with and you can still achieve greatness um or more 
uh, with it. You just have to right. figure out how to how to cope with it, and then you know, basically, um, uh, like categorize your mind into being like, okay, this is the part of my mind that you know is going to be fighting my mental health. Where this side of it is going to be, you know, trying to become that professional, trying to become that actor, trying to become that artist, trying to become that doctor, whatever it is. Um, that you inspire to be, but I definitely, like you said, it, it gives me a humane look at some of our absolute role models and idols. And it makes us, um, understand that, Hey, we can still do this with whatever, um, you know, mental health issues that we currently have. Mm -hmm. So for your, if you could say one thing, right. And this is going to like place a huge generalization on the matter. And so just bear with me, but, <laughs> If you could say one thing to anyone that's dealing with depression or anxiety, what would that one message be? If you could send them one text or one phone call and you could have, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of basically like what I touched on earlier and it's just talk to someone, mm -hmm. talk to anyone. Um, you know, everyone has people in their lives that love them, even if they don't know it. Um, and someone's mm -hmm. always willing to help, whether it's a helpline, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, maybe it's even someone you, you know, run into um, day in and day out. Um, I think this world is f full of good enough people that if someone approached you uh, or you approached someone and said, hey, I need some help. I need someone to talk to. I need someone to, to reach out to that they would be willing to mm -hmm. help or at least help you get the help that you need, um, mm -hmm. you know, that. I constantly want to reiterate that it is so isolating feeling, but you are not alone. You're completely not alone. And that just, just ask for help. That's all you need. It's a great starter. Um, and you will be surprised with how many people that are super close to you that seem like their life is perfect and their everything's put together that, you know, they struggle with some type of mental health. Um, mm -hmm. and just to, just to understand that you are good enough and you are able to, to find the tools and coping mechanisms to overcome this um, and to not take the easy way out. That's like, that's the biggest thing. Cause I have been in the darkest of dark places. You know, I have been mm -hmm. terrified of the things I could do. And I reached out, I got the help I needed and I am in such a better place now. And I am so, so happy. I've been able to overcome that. And I wish the best. And I wish that on everyone that has ever had that dark moment, because you deserve so much better than what your mind is telling you, um, you deserve right now. Yeah. And also when you reach out to people, even if they haven't had any struggles with their mental health, the amount of people in this world that just want to help you and support you in any kind of situation, good or bad is it's unbelievable, you know, to be open with someone like that can really strengthen friendships. I know that it has strengthened my friendship with a few people that have reached out to me and, you know, we literally were inseparable and it was really because they reached out and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm riding with you on this one, dude. We're going to figure this out. Like, and so, you know, reaching out and finding that support is amazing. And one thing that I want to say in here too, is that it's like you mentioned on there's so many there's hotlines and there's there's different lifelines that you can call and they're always there. But reaching out to those to those platforms is a great way if you don't if you want to kind of call someone with a little bit of anim anonym anonymity <laughs> to be anonymous, we'll say that. <laughs> if you want to reach out and, and remain anonymous, <laughs> um, 
you know, those are great, great stepping stones to, you know, start to talk about it and, you know, to really, to really just get what's on your mind out so that you can also hear yourself mm-hmm. outside of your head. I think that's a very important part. Yeah, so, I was gonna, I was gonna add um, to that because you just made a really good point that I just thought of. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, the steps. There's no certain way to go about it. There's not. You should do this first, mm-hmm. and this, and this. There's no way. It's just go with whatever's comfortable. But just like you said, hearing yourself. Another great tool is just write it down. Just write it down when you're mm-hmm. in your when you're in your your time of just being scared or anxious or whatever it is just write down exactly what you're feeling and then when you can take a breath Mm -hmm. and go back and look at it and read it and you'll you'll be able to understand like holy crap like i let my mind think that like i'm you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like when you're in that clarity moment you're able to go back and think like holy crap like really like i that's like what i was thinking at that time okay okay i'm aware of this now there's nothing wrong with having those thoughts i'm aware of it now let's figure out ways to to combat that And obviously talking to anyone is, is a huge thing, but just becoming aware of it is the biggest thing and becoming aware that you, you want to take the steps to overcome it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to battle something that you can't see that that's the biggest way. And and if you can, you know, vocalize it and hear it through the audio platform or, you know, write it down, like you just said, it really puts, you know, I don't want to say the problem because it's not a problem but it puts the situation in front of you and you know what you're working with and you know, and it really makes you kind of step back from your own self and, you know, take a look at everything, but we're actually going to wrap it down a little bit right here. And I just want to say huge thank you from us at the uncovered podcast for coming on. Um, This is going to be, I think one of, one of our best episodes in terms of, you know, just really reaching out to something that we are determined to open a light on or to continue opening a light on. And so for that, I say, thank you, Mr. Esteban. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thanks guys for having me. Yeah. Yep, thank you as well. And just thank you for being so open as, as well. Yeah, of course. I just want to show people that it's okay to be open about it and it's okay to talk about it. Cause you know, there's, that's the best way. That's literally the best way to, to get through it. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's listening to this, you know, if you feel that pressure, you know, us boys at the uncovered podcast hit those DMS and we're there. You know, that's really what it comes down to. We're here to help you guys, um, you know, through this process. Cause you guys have definitely helped us. So um, thank you to everyone that came on today. Thank you to everyone that's tuned in. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and TikTok at uncovered pod um, Twitter. We are uncovered podcast. So make sure you check us out there. Stay tuned. And that's uncovered. Yeah, I need you. But I want you And I miss you Like to see when I've been spending too much time away And it ain't much A car full of boys And all of our stuff in the booth Is messy most days you feel the pressure, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255.